0: Back as liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America
1: back. Second hour of the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Stepmiller. Coming from Florida, Steve Alkins. Loaded phones. Let us continue here. I'm sorry. Lost Dan. Now, why did we lose Dan? Okay, folks. Unless you got a dire emergency, stay on the line and stay in queue. Brent in Wisconsin. Hello, Brent.
2: Well, good afternoon, John and Steve. Hi. Pleasure to talk with you and an honor. You know, being an old-timer has its advantages. I remember back in probably earlier, mid-'70s, the LEAA, the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration, funded by the CIA, trained all police officers in the United States. I believe it was a requirement. They went to the LEAA schools, and so you could get the same crappy treatment in Brooklyn, New York, as you got in Brooklyn, Wisconsin, for example. Yeah. Since then, I think, uh, John, I think it was you... Uh, wised me up to the force continuum, which is what they taught in the LEA schools. Mm-hmm. Whenever the police came upon a situation, they took control of it immediately, no matter what the cost. And now that we have the um, Mossad training our police officers, it's even worse yet because they're just ruthless yep. and brutal. Yep. So I think we need to cut... And I've been on the bad side of the cops many, many times, more than I'd like to admit. And, uh, and I've seen the worst of them. But I think we need to cut them a little, a little slack because I, I think I'm with you, John. Maybe, maybe 2% are bad cops, and the rest are, well, they're trying to do Will- well.
1: They're retrainable. Let me let me put it to you that way. And once retrained, if they have uh, instances that the training didn't take place, I would do an intelligent quotient test to make sure I'm dealing with somebody that their synapses are firing and, you know, they're, they're above 90 IQ. And I uh, would reprimand and I would put in place certain sanctions, whatever the case may be, go ahead and screw up again. And we got you on a data sheet. Good luck getting a job anywhere, USA.
2: That's a good approach. Yes. Yeah. And I think we need to work on kind of mellowing them out after they've been in these war zones as well. Well, and, so and, and, and are you, are you talking there, think, about but,
1: the cooperation of the John Q. citizen out there with, and what I want to see happen, and they got a perfect opportunity to do this now rather than using law enforcement. Remember the attorney that used to be a cop that says, that's just a word. No, it's not. Oh, nobody. That's how you're making your living defending the guys that are indefensible because, well, cops are people too, and everybody's entitled to a defense. Yeah, I get that. But what's been going on here is it appears that anybody that's paying attention uh, that these are sanctioned actions. And this this is the idea... Behind the peaceful protests, I'm not going antifa here or Black Lives Matter because they're one and the same, interchangeable, and there is an agenda there, political and right. otherwise. But here again, I, I millions of Americans, if you're pissed off about something and you want to march about that, hallelujah, go ahead and do it. And the police police presence doesn't have to be as great few cops hanging around okay we need more we'll send for more no problem but this edge has to be taken off and i would want to see this opportunity rather than calling them law enforcement from here on out calling them peace officers and then following that trail for a while i think it would be to the benefit of everybody
2: i think there's a lot to be said for that yeah and. God bless you, fellas. You keep up the good work. I really enjoy your program.
1: Thank you, Brent. I appreciate we'll
2: you. you. That, we'll let you go.
1: I appreciate your call. I really do. David in Iowa. Hello, David. John? David?
3: Oh, I had a bit of a volume thing going on here.
0: Okay. Well. Uh,
3: I'm a little off subject, but uh, I'm what you'd call the bumper sticker guy. I do bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest one that I've made, uh, this is it. End goal of virus creation, colon, Georgia Guidestones.
1: <laughs> uh, wouldn't you want to pick a bumper sticker that most people would understand?
3: Well, well, that, the thing is, they'll, they'll look at Georgia Guidestones and they'll say, what's that supposed to be? Well, if they're smart or not, they ought to put it on their search and search it.
1: Okay. That's, that's not too complicated. Nah, I, I think I'd rather much rather put a bumper sticker on my car that read republicbroadcasting.org, because you can handle the truth.
4: Oh, well, yeah, you can do that. Well, I, that I, I had, had, a, I had a, a shirt idea over the up. weekend, John. I had a shirt idea for RBN on one side. Of course, it says RBN. On the back side, it says Truth Matters.
1: All truth matters.
4: <laughs> all truth matters. There we go. All truth matters. Yeah. All truth matters.
1: There Any goes. anything else, sir? No, guess not. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your call. Upper stickers, conversations, Steve. Yeah. For the first time in all of these years, and I mean all of these years, I've finally got to sit in a restaurant here in Central Texas. I was able to get my hair cut. I went in, had breakfast, and of course they're still following the the mask and the COVID separation of whatever. And well, of course, the people eating in a restaurant would have to remove their mask to eat, obviously. But I'm sitting next to a guy. They removed <clears throat> half of the bar stools away from the uh, uh, the countertop seating, and there were only two chairs. I occupied one this guy in the other one we struck up a conversation and he was one of these guys that considered himself to be intelligent everything that he was talking about I had something to add everything that I talked about he had something to add but ironically whatever he would add would be an error and I'm sitting there constantly correcting the guy and he's just kinda of looking at me and we were talking about money Fractionalized reserve banking. I said, one of the things that has to go is fractionalized reserve banking. And he goes, Yeah, but that that's that they gotta keep a certain amount of cash on hand to cover deposits. I said, That's not what fractionalized reserve banking is. And I told him what it was. And he looks at me. And he's bought gold gold and silver. He's a big Bitcoin fan. Oh, and he was defending Bitcoin and I said, Yeah. I said, the multi-level marketing thing, as long as people are joining, it drives the price up. But I said, again, where's the intrinsic value there? Well, then we got around to the subject of what's going on in America. And he says, you know, I, I said Mo-, I told him, I said, most people consider this now to be a democracy when it's really a republic. And he looked at me and he says, well, I'm in favor of changing things. And I just stood up. Put my coffee cup on the counter. After talking to this guy for a half hour, I didn't look at him. I just said okay, and I walked out. Yeah, of course, I want I'd that already... half
4: an hour back. You want that half an hour back? You just wasted.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I did or not. But the point being, and I was so angry. My impulse was to pummel this guy. So I understand how emotion is playing into the day's uh, activities out there. And I myself have a new appreciation for restraint. Because I was ready to kick this guy's I, Buddy, I was so close to doing it. And then I started to reflect on the listeners out there and how frustrated and angry they are. And it kind of brought a new perspective to this thing. After 30 years of biting my tongue and not using my knuckles, I damn near did and that sent a message to the center of my brain, and it registered, and I'm, I'm a happy person now, Steve. That and Zoloft.
4: Mm. Well, I, I've had my, my altercations last couple of days, too. I, I still keep bumping into stupid people who want to impose their will on me with the masks. I had a little altercation with an Indian woman. <clears throat> At, at Walmart. Always Walmart. I'm not sure why. Walmart's bad. I, I need to stay out of Walmart. Where
1: do you think all those pictures, that clickbait on, on websites, come from?
4: <laughs> it's Walmart, That's, man. Yeah, it's Walmart. <laughs> it's, it's a tre- treasure trove. Another world.
5: It's another world there. It's like Twilight Zone. It's another yep.
4: world. <laughs> it is Walmart.
5: I'm, I'm able to laugh today.
4: Wow. Good.
1: Good. I'm doing my show from the rubber room of 3 North here, <laughs> at Mental Hospital in Round Rock. They were nice enough to let me have my laptop and my headphones. John in California.
6: Hello, John. John in Hello and... John. Hello, Steve. Hello. Good to hear you back Hello. again, John. Your happy smiling voice.
1: Well, I took the last couple of weeks off because I know in a couple of weeks I am going to be a very busy man nonstop. I've not had the money to take a real vacation, so I had a staycation.
6: Well, you deserve it, John. Thank you deserve you. it, even though we miss you. Thanks. Hey, Ralph, uh, when took your place Friday, and he, he got into this uh, background in Floyd, it was interesting about his criminal and the pointing the gun at the black woman. So, yeah, that was a good thing to hear. And then this thing from Candace Owens was very nice. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I'm not going to say, nice. I'll say a majority of cops are good. I mean, the cops in our town of Livermore here, they've been very good they've been keeping us on these updates even after the uh we had a um, curfew for about four days they kept us in nothing happened and uh, there were some rumors about the uh, two big malls down the road uh, they set up and not much really happened but they were all prepared for it so that was good but um uh i knew in my time well i try i was going to Try to get into law enforcement in my younger days, but my eyesight turned at the last minute, so that, that was out. So, but I went to school with two uh, two police who became policemen—one my age, one behind me in uh, in high school, one year behind me, and the one my age he became the police chief of San Francisco, retired and unfortunately died a few years back. Mm. The one behind me, I found out he was uh, his beat in Oakland was where my business was at the time, and uh, at a burglary and he came to take the and i said mike i haven't seen you in years you're a cop that's right so you know he was good but uh, a year later i found out he was killed in the line of duty. he left the family wow so that's what i know about police besides some other friends i got but uh, exactly the training that's going on that they did there's yeah, you read about this is where they get these now these Israeli it should sure be interesting how many of these uh, people and, and I, they're probably from most of the big cities, but I don't know it'd be interesting to know how many smaller towns municipalities they, they've they been trained by the Israelis or been trained over here by them.
4: Well, That's an excellent question, but, John, because that was a question I had to ask you. Have you ventured out into small, small little towns outside where your area is? Because I lived in Windsor, California. I lived in Santa Rosa, California. I'm pretty familiar with Petaluma, Healdsburg, and those areas. And I found the small-town cops were very aggressive. I I can't speak for San Francisco, but I found the small town cops in those areas were very aggressive. They escalated instead of de escalated. And that's, uh, I had a lot of bad experiences just, geez, just asking a question, for God's sakes. I had a police officer kind of make a stance and put his hand on his gun like he was going to draw on me. I was going to ask him a question. We were in the library, and uh, it was one of those town council things. I, I don't know, I, I had a bad experience in, in a small town with police, and I have no idea, is it different in the big cities than it is in small towns? What do you think?
6: I don't know. I mean, like I said, but the town where I am in Livermore, they're pretty good. The, the only thing I have with police today is they wear the dark uniforms. They all had the, all the flak jackets and everything on. Yeah. No helmets and all that, but all the flak, you know, it's like, you know, they're they're expecting something to come up. And I say, you know, what happened in the old day? just you wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. You think somebody's going to fire on you all the time. But I haven't seen here, and maybe the towns around uh, Dublin, San Ramon, uh-huh. can't speak for Walnut Creek, but the small town here, I haven't seen any problems with who I can talk to. Um, so I, I, I don't know beyond that, Steve. And uh, okay. I, I would say in the last five years, even in the whole area, a lot of changes happened. i i I hear about and um so i don't know and
4: um well i've noticed the the stinger technology they've got they've got a lot of stuff a lot of a lot of high-tech stuff the license plate readers i've been pulled over just for i know for just for shakedown just to see if i if i have something and they kind of poke their nose in and look around your car and Late at night, I'm driving home from work, I got pulled over for going five miles out, uh, five miles an hour under the posted speed limit on a very windy, dark road, and uh, I don't know, I just had bad experiences in California, and it was always in a small town, always a small town.
6: Steve, I'll tell you, you, know, I'll tell you a quick story. A couple mm-hmm. about a year ago, I was out it was, a, it was at night I think on a Friday. I was downtown. I had a, been somewhere, I had a drink with a friend one and I, I was leaving to go home. And I go a couple of blocks and uh, I look in the back. Here, the red lights come on. Okay, I pulled over. I had to go down a block because there was no room to pull. I pulled over. The guy, cop got out. Said, "You know, how you doing? Can I see your?" Uh, and I gave him the info and everything like that. And he came back, told me. I said, "I stopped you because your headlights were off." And it was a very—it was embarrassing. The guy said, "Just wanted to let you know everything's okay." He said uh, "You know you were downtown, everything's all right didn't didn't want to pull me out, check me if I was drinking, if I was intoxicated, which i wasn't but I, I think I blew that the guy was very cordial and said, you know take care that was it, nothing else <laughs> so you know I've had those. Yeah, I think I don't know strange. if I told you or that uh, forty years I was in San Diego when I was going back to school, I was uh, pulled over by a black policeman who was very rude very embarrassing you know mm-hmm. You know, didn't try to physically do anything to me, but he made me feel like
4: a, you
1: know. yeah. You know, know, it's interesting you say that, because when I was in Michigan, I had a total run-in three times with Michigan State Police. And all three stops, they were black. Do you know all those three times, I did not get a ticket? I did not get a ticket. I'll believe it. And yep. And one of the times, and I'm going back I'm going back uh, 40 years ago um, a friend of mine, we were working at GM. Uh, it was hot. We had one of these southwesterly winds up from southwestern United States and daily temperatures in Michigan, and you Michiganers will remember this We had 112, 113 degree days, which is absolutely unheard of in Michigan. Well, we're out lounging by the pool, half drunk, and an announcement comes on the radio, hey, Bob Seger at, uh in concert tonight. And I looked at the guy and go, you want to go? I said, rather than sitting down here baking in the sun like a potato? And he says, yeah, let's go. So we did. Well, on the way back, I drove up, he drove back. It was this 71, 454 VET four-speed. It wasn't It wasn't slow. And here we are blowing down the freeway through Livonia, Michigan. And I'm sitting on the roof of this car. My feet are in the passenger seat. I'm sitting on the roof of the vet because it's got the sunroofs that were popped out. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this blue thing sitting on an on-ramp. And I'm going, crap. I plopped in the seat. I looked at my friend and I said, we're going to get pulled over here in a second. So lo and behold, there's the lights. We get pulled over. One cop on either side one cop on either side. They come walking up. One cop looks at me and goes, what in the hell are you doing? I said, we just got back from a concert. The t-shirt blew out of the car and hung on the aerial and I grabbed it and I was getting ready to plop down in the seat. Well, one was black. Well, they were both black. One male, one female. The black guy looked over at his partner. They both shook their head. They walked away without a word and pulled out. Now, That's my encounters with the Michigan State Police. I got pulled over one day. I had this fast little IROC IROC with a very modified, it was a nice car. And I got pulled over doing 90. Cop pulls me over, walks up to the car, looks at me and goes, man, this is a nice car. He was more interested in the car I was driving than the speed I was driving the car at. After a few minutes talking with the guy, he looks at me and says, All right. Hey, just slow it down. He said, no, there's not a lot of traffic out here, but please slow down. I said, yes, sir. I don't know. I don't know what it is about me, but Cott seemed to not mind me as much as, say, Steve Elkins. I don't know why. Because Steve is a much nicer guy than me.
4: I get pulled over for going too slow, not too fast.
1: Well, that's because they think you're high. Nobody drives too slow.
4: Well, you know, I'm, I'm, in the perf- <laughs> I'm in the perfect place now, down here in Florida, where everybody drives slow. So I'm going to fit right in.
1: <laughs> oh, warming up for your old age, are you? Okay, good. Well, Did you get your no. golf cart yet? Not
4: yet, but I'm getting one. Okay.
6: <laughs> hey, John, no, I just uh, that was an embarrassing moment. Morph- I just forgot to turn my lights on. I go three blocks. I get pulled over. The guy says your lights are off, no problem, turn them back on, yeah, have a nice cool. night. Yeah. I said, fine.
7: Yeah.
6: Hey, real quick, yeah. one last thing. Um, Dave Gahari hosted the Deanna Spengola show. He had a thing about the Liberty uh, incident and all that. And he had a, uh, his name was Alan, he was a survivor. Mm-hmm. I forget his last name. They went on, they got a caller who came on who said he was on one of the rescue ships that came on. He was a, went into the office. That's where this guy was to help out, and the guy was, you know, going through all this, and the guy, it all helped him out. Got all the paperwork says, "My such and such," he says, "I remember you. I took a picture of you." And the survivor, he didn't remember this. He said, "Wow, wow. who would know that would happen
1: after all the these conversation years?"
6: Conversation they both had. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good show they did, and uh, I'm glad That's, they uh, did it.
1: Well, and, uh, and 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 you know what? I, I'm I hope people appreciate. You know, it was suggested to me earlier today that we have more roundtables with our host. You know, and I said, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but here's my problem with that. I don't want to lead other talk show hosts by my opinion or another talk show host. I want their perspective or, or their introspect and their perspective from their point of view. Okay? I don't want to taint that, I don't tell the talk show host what to talk about, when to talk about, how to, uh, none of that stuff. And I, I said what you hear is the unadulterated perspectives of each individual talk show host. And I and I said I'd like to keep it that way. Not saying that bringing other talk show hosts on to another show is a bad deal, but this idea of getting together to dialogue, to consensus or whatever. ah. Uh, i'm not into that I, I i want the people that are on this network uh to have their own opinions and have the foresight and the courage to put forth their opinions as they see fit without undue influence at least that's the way i look at it so
6: no i thank you for all that I, like i said it was a great show that Dave put on with the having having a survivor there and the, yeah trying to find out what's happened what's who's left and the. You know, what they're going to do is trying to make this movie, and, you know, it takes time, and I hope it comes out for him and all that. Just yeah. keep it up. Anyway, John, thanks a lot, you and Steve, and good luck with the new uh, format later on. Thank looking you. Looking forward. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, John. Yeah, people get... Hey,
4: John, just out of curiosity, you said it was 101 degrees there, right? Yeah. I, I'm looking at an article here, because we're talking about crime, and I found an article here, because I've always heard this, but I looked it up. It says, hot and bothered, experts say violent crime rises with the heat. So you know what that means. It means you're going to have a crime wave now going on for until the heat breaks right there in Round Rock. Keep an eye on that.
5: You do
1: know I'm in sure, Texas, sure. right? Yeah. That's all I've got to say to people here in Texas that are asshats from other states. I just look at them and go, you do know where you're at. You do know you're in Texas, right? And they just, man, they just stiffen up and turn on their heels and boom, they're gone. It's so, like, what, what do you think the like uh, percentage
4: of people in Texas? What do you think the per- percentage of people in Texas that actually have uh, permits to carry? Pretty high. Oh, I don't know.
1: Just down curious. down here, uh, at least, I I I don't have a permission slip, and I carry when I think I need to. I just have that urge.
4: Just curious. Yeah, I, I don't don't know.
1: I don't know the answer to that question.
4: Okay.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait, Okay. This is how I get Mike. You ever have a conversation with Mike off air, Steve? Yeah, I do. Okay. Do you know how he kind of goes on and on and on? (laughs) I discovered something about him. When I make him open up his mic, he's very concise, to the point, without wasting a lot of words.
4: Isn't that right, Mike? That, that's, that's right.
1: That's right. You're damn right that's, that's right. As a matter of fact, when I first pointed that out, that's he laughed. That's
4: words. That's right.
1: He laughed.
4: Two words. That's right. He.
1: That's <laughs> right. See there? Right. <laughs> just Anyhow. Two
4: big words. That's right.
1: Mike, the consummate uh, show producer, board op, uh, hat wearer of many different things, what's the numbers you got?
5: Uh, according to MySanAntonio.com, uh, 937,419 active Concealed handgun license holders in Texas: wow. 3.6 percent wow. of the population. And that's Pretty just
1: the people that think they need the permission of the state. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the old saying—they use it for signs along the road about, you know, throwing trash out. They, they tell you not to mess with Texas, yeah. <laughs> buddy. I got to tell you something. Don't mess with Texas, and they ain't got nothing to, to do with you throwing out an empty McDonald's cup. <clears throat>
4: that's that's pretty good a lot of people oh there's
1: i you know if this stuff doesn't stop you know i i'm starting to take the body count here on both sides of the ledger and now we're tabulating body count of dead people over this stuff and i'm like really i told my friend tom i said tom i said you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna grab a lawn chair six pack of beer my AK with its 100-round uh, drum, and my AR with a 90-round drum. And uh, I'm going to have target practice. Let this stuff start happening. Let them threaten or try to burn down or break into my house. I'm, I I don't call that stress. I don't call that chaos. I call that target practice. Yeah.
4: yeah. Don't mess That's with Texas. Defend yourself.
1: Don't yep. mess with Texas. Mike in Chicago. Hello, Mike.
8: Yes. Hello, John. Uh, I um, really like your idea all the time when you talk about restoration, which is the most important thing. I also realize that, you know, we can't necessarily depend on the states. We see what happens with this COVID-19 thing. Mm. I had a friend who was a high school uh, fellow that I knew, and he became a lawyer. He worked in Illinois here at the uh, state of Illinois building in the election law. And people would call and ask how we get on the ballot and so on and so forth. At any rate, my friend, had an, he's passed, unfortunately, but he had a, an idea about an amendment to the Constitution. And it, re, it revolves around uh, Article 1, Section 4, and I'll read it to you. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed um in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. His idea for the amendment is to strike that clause. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. I asked my friend, well what the, what would that accomplish? He said, Well, that's the probably the I think that's the reason that the Supreme Court uh knocked down the term limits. Another thing that would be beneficial. He talked about in house persons which are corporations, of course. And if that clause were struck out, then uh the legislatures thereof could eliminate uh, outside corporations. So for example, you have corporations in Texas would have certain uh things they want done, and you have other ones in different states that they want done. That way you're breaking up. You could co- you could cause where only the in-house persons or corporations could contribute to the senators or the representatives. It's, it's Mike, a kind of a Mike, way. Hang,
1: Mike, hang on one second. Let me take the bottom of the hour break here. The call-in number, folks, 800-313-9443. Warm up those pipes, because I'm going to be asking you in the future to be using your pipes a lot more so get used
5: to it. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org The Republic Broadcasting Network late night
9: premiere show of Redfield Hardcore is hosted by activists that want to hear from you. The listeners so that you can get involved in the activism please call in at 800- At 10 p.m. to enter the discussion To book yourself as a guest Call our studio at 202-657-5715 Or contact RBN staff
5: Remember, keep it real and take the red pill Is the Second Amendment your line in the sand? Is the United States Constitution important to you? Are you worried about gun confiscation? You need to join us for free at gunconfiscation.com. At gunconfiscation.com, you will meet like-minded patriots, get the latest Second Amendment news, and find anything you need to prepare for gun confiscation. Visit gunconfiscation.com today. That's gunconfiscation.com. Which side are you on?
0: Extend your life with ExtendoVite. really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com.
6: John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heartthrob and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com.
10: are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855, the number 2. Keep it today.
6: You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show.
1: And where did that bumper music come from? Well, how is it getting into my programming lineup?
4: Not for mine.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm getting the lengthy explanation. And he's not on the microphone.
5: (laughs) They they have, there's a few, I found some old ones that have. You're listening to the National Intel Report, so I, I threw them in there. If you don't like them, I'll... Oh, no, 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 no. You're
1: you're talking about an intro. I'm talking about the music. Was that attached That's to
0: the... That's attached. So, well,
1: detach it. From... Cuz I like the intro. I don't, I don't
0: know if I can do that, but I'll try.
1: Well, yes you can. You oh, can edit anything. Boy. You are the master of the editing machine. Yeah. That's all you got to do is stroke him a little bit and he works miracles.
0: You...
2: Oh yeah.
1: What? You want paid more? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What? We got a window here between us. Mike in Chicago, you still there?
8: I'm still here, okay, go ahead. Well, at any rate, the thing is is that uh if that clause were struck, take, for example, in how they've defined by the Supreme Court corporations to be in house persons, mm-hmm. well, then the legislature could say, well, only in house persons can contribute to the uh, elections of senators or representatives in their in their given state and other states might will do the same thing. Now you're, cre- oh, it's like my friend said, you're almost creating a 21st century sectionalism, which actually in this case would be a good thing because you're breaking up all of this uh, concentration of power in the federal uh, Senate and, and uh, House of Representatives and you're bringing it back to the states. Plus you uh, a state could say, well, uh, we want to have uh, term limits for our senators or our representatives. And, uh, of course, you know, everything is imperfect, and even the Constitution is an imperfect document. But the thing is, we've lost, as far as this, you know, with the uh, 17th Amendment, we lost the control of the state legislatures over the uh, election of senators, which uh, was the original intent. Uh, I can imagine, uh, well, the greatest debates that were t- that took place in the history of America was the Lincoln-Douglas debates. And the thing is, is that... Uh, you know, Lincoln lost the election in 1858, yep. and, uh, you know, uh, Douglas won. And the thing is that the people were unhappy two years later. They could vote, uh, you know, that legislature out if they wanted to. You know, it's the whole idea of the checks and the balances. Sure. And, you anyway, know, I've tried for years with different uh, um, um, places like, you know, the Limbaugh Show and uh, G. Gordon Liddy. There's a local show we had here one time. Judge Bork was on, but I got didn't, wasn't able to get, get us. Uh, through on the phone lines at any rate you have rbn and you you have the ability to talk to different people if you think the idea is valid or whatever it's something that might be pursued i know it's rather difficult now with covid and, you know, 19 <laughs> yeah, and all this other stuff but Mike, it's, Mike, just it's it's it's, it's a
1: it's a matter and we'll call our uh us the first responders here uh it, it's hard to prioritize here that should be on the priority list that's for sure But we got some other fires to put out before it burns down the entire forest.
8: Oh, you're absolutely right. I just, uh, you know, called in because uh, just to get the idea out. And you're absolutely right. It's not really that there are other things right now that are more important. But it's just something to keep on the back burner. And you know, you have you have the ability at the appropriate time to do something with it if you think it's, it's a valid approach. Well,
1: and, and conversation such as that has to be done in a non-chaotic situation. And, gee, Steve, uh, we've had chaos after chaos after chaos thrown at us. <laughs> I, I just can't wait till the next thing they pull here. I, I'm waiting with bated
6: breath.
8: I think you're yeah, absolutely right. Time. I think something big is going to happen again. I don't know what or when, but this is this is like a dystopic nightmare that took place from March 1st on, and oh. I can't believe that we've got we've gotten into this situation. Yeah. I hate it. It's well, ter- terrible.
1: And and a lot of people out there are still shell shocked, but absolutely they're they're waking up and they're now paying attention and going, wait a minute, whose life is this anyhow?
8: Yeah. You know I had it uh I, I agree with Steve. I hate this I, you know I take all kinds of vitamin supplements uh chaga mushroom. Mm-hmm. I'm not I feel like I'm coronavirus, you know, uh proof. I I had to take my mother to the hospital today because she fell and broke some ribs. The mm-hmm. other day I had to take her to the uh emergency room. My son said, "Look at these people. They look like they're absolutely terrified." Yeah, uh, these
4: the, it's horrible. I mean, the fear behind the eyes. The fear behind the mask, it's amazing. Oh. Watch the eyes. Yeah, yes. they're, they're fearful. Yeah. They really are.
8: They yeah. are. They're quite scared. Oh, God. It's just, it's, I, I, I have a young, uh, uh, like a, I guess you'd say, first cousin once removed. He's a cop here in Chicago. Now, he's in the 15th District, which is one of the absolute worst districts you know, with the, in the ghetto. And the thing is, uh, they're working 12 hours a day, no days off. It's like they're It's like they're trying to beat these guys down so that when you know you when you get too overtired you can't do your job and the thing is, you have these kind of violent offenders that this lady was talking about that you had on that video in the first hour, and as far as like my cousin was concerned, the other day on the weekend when he he was supposed to be going downtown where all this was going on here in Chicago. But they couldn't, they took him and they kept him in the 15th district because all these gangs were shooting at each other. And then all these other poor uh, black people who are stuck in the ghetto are in the crossfire of all this. And I asked him one time, I said, well, why is there so much violence and everything? He said, well, over the years, the leaders of the gangs have been put into prison, and now the gangs have splintered. And like anything, you have to have an organizational uh, uh, ability. And the organizational ability on the top of these gangs has broken down, and now they just become, like, wild and feral. It's just, you know, and these poor people who are black in those communities are just stuck there.
1: Well, you know, what what was interesting to hear today, Mike, was, oh, here we go. Uh, We need more money for education. You know, this is why we wanted to fund the police and... Blah, blah, blah. We need to put more money into the inner cities. And, and you know, for education. Well, I got news. I got news. You could take sixth-grader McGuffey readers. You can have a teacher sitting on a upside-down five-gallon plastic pail and have your students sitting in the grass in fair weather, and you could teach them if they're willing to learn. That's
8: right.
1: If they're Many willing to learn. years
8: ago... John, I taught in Catholic schools for about three and a half years. My experience was if you had an intact family where the mother and the father were concerned about the education as a child, and it was in a lower middle class fa- uh, neighborhood here in Chicago, and some of the people were, were white and Polish and German and others were Hispanic, and as long as you had an intact family and the parents cared, it was very easy to teach those children if you had a broken family and everything was uh no back no, no support from the from the family parents mm-hmm. you, you couldn't get through to the kids, you couldn't do anything, and it was just see and what they've done, as you well know, when they brought in all this civil rights and they brought in all this welfare, what they simply did was they destroyed the black family because to collect the money the, they, right. they had to make sure that the black father wasn't there. They may have been poor in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, well, and very early 60s, but at least they had the father there. Okay, and I, they had not, a- not,
1: not, not, not so much with the, okay, your, your statement here uh, about the civil rights. That wasn't really the issue. The issue was taking the black people that they claim slavery since the 1600s, and they've been made slaves again, only this time by the central planners. By the oh, yeah, centralized been, federal government. By the well, federal. they've
8: been put on a plantation even bigger than than they, than they came off of.
1: And I have said that exact same thing over the years to a number of black people, and they stand there and scratch their heads and they don't know what you're talking about.
8: I said, "Y'all are getting ready to get double
1: tapped again."
8: Well, you're it, kind of a light a light handed topic. I mean, my uh, my ancestors came from Europe. Let's go back to the 1300s when my ancestors were serfs. Should I be asking for retribution from the countries in Europe because, well, maybe we're behind the eight ball because we were serfs for so many years?
1: You know, if people understand the history of this country, when, uh, you know, we had that little thing called the potato famine, and a lot of people left Ireland and they came over Mm -hmm. here. What you don't have today is the Irish people running around calling themselves Irish Americans and demanding money out of your pocket. Same thing happened with the Italians when they came to this country. It was, they felt that here come the foreigners, different lifestyles, different viewpoints, just different from us, so therefore we don't like them. But that disappears over time. What hasn't disappeared is, as as Candace, she said, look, you know, this... This whole idea of black community, and white community, and black people and white people—should I, I play the clip again from Mike Wallace and the black actor going, "You want to stop? You want to stop racism? Quit calling me black, That's right. and I won't call you white." That's when right. we get exactly. to that point in this country, that means that people are engaged. That means that people are taking advantage of freedom and liberty, and I know what's left, but people taking personal responsibility for their own life and doing well, something you're with
8: it. absolutely right. The problem is, is that these left-wing communist people, they don't want that, and they're fomenting all of this when it's not necessary.
1: Well, they're doing it, and oh. people are now finding out about it. You know, God, I could go on for an hour on that subject alone. Of course you Mike, could. Thank you. I appreciate you're your You're welcome. Call. All right, sir. <sighs>
4: well, playing the victim is profitable, John. You know that.
1: Well, it's also good for getting reelected when you're smiling and telling you're going to help them. We're going to bring in more money and more money and more money, and nothing ever changes. As a matter of fact, the more money you pour in, the worse things get.
4: Money is not the solution.
1: Mike has been You're You're right about that. Mike in Colorado. Hello, Mike.
7: Hey, John. And hey, Steve, how are you guys doing?
1: Oh, I'm I'm just freaking dandy, man. How are you?
7: Dandy. I know. Mm -hmm. So I've been watching all this nonsense for the past two months and I've I've listened to you and I can i have been working a lot. But I kind of think we're at the point where we need to understand the rule of law in America is gone. It's not being followed at municipal levels. It's not being followed at state levels. It's not being followed at national levels. And if we act accordingly, and that doesn't mean to go break laws or act badly, but to sit back and really gather people to restore rule of law, I think that founding document is going to have to be brought back in a way that we can use today. Any thoughts?
1: Uh, Simply put, You swear an oath to get into your political office, either follow it or get your stuff and leave. That's right. There is standards that are set and standards that are violated. And that has been violated by both government, people that work for the government, people that are just stupid. I'll give you an example here, Mike. We all heard of uh, Sunday, Colin Powell made a statement about Donald Trump and his handling of all this. Well, Rear Admiral, Navy, uh, Rear, uh, Rear Admiral, I'll get that out, William McCraven, commander of the raid that killed Osama bin Laden, which tells you right there he's a load of crap because <laughs> Osama bin Laden was dead years before that claimed raid. Trump's own former defense secretary, James Mad Dog Mattis, retired Army general, three former chairmen of the Joint Chiefs, and I'll get to the meat of this. On Tuesday, retired Navy Admiral Mike Mullen called Trump's desire to use active duty forces to suppress protest sickening. Retired Army General Martin Dempsey called it dangerous and very troubling. In an interview with NPR on Thursday, retired Air Force General Richard Myers said the tear gassing of protesters outside the White House on Monday uh, filled him with just absolute sadness. And he was glad he was not advising Trump. Now what you're seeing are people that are military, ex-military, making political statements, but they're popped inside out and all wrong. Where Donald Trump has the authority, the absolute authority to use troops, federal people, whatever the case may be, is in that district of Columbia. And of course, the assorted forts and, you know, all that other stuff. This is... These people are saying that Donald Trump is not acting constitutionally. This is the only place that Donald Trump did 100% accurate, on point, constitutional, I'm not going to let him burn the damn White House down.
4: I agree.
1: Totally agree. That's But to finish my point here, is now you're seeing the neocons coming out against Donald Trump. Uh, how many wars since Donald Trump took office are we involved in in the Middle East
7: right now? No new ones.
1: No, no new uh, ones. that's because we let our Israeli friends uh, just cross-border into Syria and, and bombing a sovereign nation because they feel they can and, well, they aren't.
4: Take it back. We we, we started the Venezuela one, so we got to give him credit for that one. Venezuela. Kind of. Yeah.
7: So the guys that killed 1.5 million Iraqis are complaining that we shouldn't tear gas protesters in D.C.? Uh, Did I get that right?
1: They're they're complaining that Trump is dangerous and he's unconstitutional.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, so they're trying that's to make him look like a, a white supremacist with that, or, or a dictator that he uses he uses force with forces when he needs to for protection. There's, that's that's he's justified in doing so. You know, you mentioned about the rule of law that we are not following the rule of law, and you're right, we aren't. But the politicians, John said, you know, like John said, the politicians take the oath, but then people who also take the wedding oath, they cheat on their spouse. It's kind of the same situation we got with the politician. They're not held accountable for taking that oath. Somewhere along the way, along the way many of them stray from the rule of law.
7: Well, sure, and the mask are sure not going to enforce the rule of law. So I guess like the wildfires here in Colorado, we're just going to have to let this burn out and then rebuild, unless you guys have some other ideas.
4: Uh... Cloud seeding. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Mike. No, I'm totally serious. Cloud seeding will <laughs> consolidate clouds. You can make it rain. You can make it snow if it's high enough elevation. You can do cloud seeding. And we know this, by the way. Yeah. We know this but, for a fact. But what if there's no clouds? You know, I am. No, you formulate. You spray. You actually call cloud seeding. You formulate the clouds. You actually make it rain. You can do this. So, how do, we, how, do we Operation Operation how do we cloud seed Liberty? Operation Pop. How do we cloud seed Liberty?
1: It's called the Liberty Project, it's called Expanding the Reach. Bringing in money, many, 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 many more people into the tent, and Keep educating. Keep up the them. good work. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Take care, brother. All right, man. Speaking of network, uh, folks, I know it's been kind of covety out there. <laughs> oh, COVID. and 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 by the new way, word? The, new word, the 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 COVID. mayor the mayor of New York. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bowser.
4: Huh? Muriel Bowser.
1: No, the mayor of New York.
4: Oh no, that's DCM. Yeah,
1: sorry. take it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, one and the same, just different colors, same yes. ideology. Uh, they started today to open up New York City. <laughs> Phase one in New York City. Why doesn't why doesn't somebody dump that guy? It's, send them swimming in the in the Hudson River there. Holy mackerel. We'll be back. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms, or you have a concealed weapon permit, and when a level of trading that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range. Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573 Two two three five six or five seven three four six five two three five six or shoot him an email at domedan d o m e d a n at hotmail.com This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it.
5: or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3.
9: I see you, my friend, and touch your face again. Miracles will happen as we dream. But we're never gonna survive.
1: in new mexico hello steve
3: oh john hello uh, steve how you doing yeah just two hello. things uh, i wanted to ask steve due to the due to the heat that we're having now temperatures going up and um uh the sun's ultraviolet rays isn't this um uh, covid or whatever kind of like disappearing now
4: <laughs> yeah it is actually i looked up on uh, live sciences last night and um uh, they were actually backing mm-hmm. off, giving an actual number, but uh, I guess a new number now they're saying around one hundred and ten thousand people in the United States have died, but of course, we've talked about the padding of that number. but they show yeah. you a uh, a chart here of of the uh, the peak, the escalation of how high it was at a certain point in, in month, and now it's come down and it's dropped drastically, and yes, yeah, it is uh, right. temperature sensitive sensitive, yeah. so yeah. In the hotter temperatures, that's why we didn't have many cases down here in Florida. It's too damn hot. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah.
4: It doesn't do well. Yeah, my uncle. Heat.
3: So, well, yeah. yeah, my uncle used to live down there in Coral Gables. That was my dad's yeah. brother, yeah. and he died somewhere in the late nineties. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I figured that you know a lot of it. They're padding the numbers, and I'd say it's probably about Huge. fifty, fifty something. And then the other deal you know, I wanted to bring up to both of you was on Friday, uh, the job number, and they were saying it was 2.5, and I'm going, oh, really? And in May, we're having this lockdown and everything, and you're creating all this jobs. I found out, that it, to me, it's just bogus.
1: Yeah, well, and, and
0: it is. Well, you it, know, it's,
4: it's funny yeah. about the numbers. They've excluded, they've totally left off the chart altogether, the 80 or 85 million Americans who weren't working prior to COVID-19. Then you had 41 million people that went off of work, but they've excluded that 80 to 85 million people, John, and uh, they're not talking about those. So they're coming up with these bogus numbers, 13.6, 13.7, and now we added two more, 2.5 million more people back, and now 13.3 percent unemployment. I mean, I'm sorry, but you got to be a flipping moron to buy any of these numbers. look for yourself, you can see it. It's mm-hmm. not there.
3: yeah, because there's a website that I generally go to, and I go to uh, Paul Craig Roberts, and I read his articles and then Michael snyder oh, yeah. he, he was he's really good. I don't know if you checked oh, yeah. him out oh yeah Familiar it's, with it's really something and and I know John you said something about Gerald Salenti. And that's okay because he's talking about the more the economy slips, the
1: more problems we're going to have, like what we're seeing. So yeah, all right, he's my probably friend. Probably more likely, right? I appreciate the call. We're running out of time. here. Yep.
3: All right. Appreciate you guys. Okay. All right.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I. Have, yeah the uh, the news today, Steve, said that this is the worst the economy has been since the '40s. <laughs> oh really okay <laughs> oh uh, uh, and and they're trying to put out the story here that well the recession we had a recession that kind of started in february no <laughs> we've been in a recession since the greatest ripoff One ever witnessed time. by mankind back in 2008 all right. That's right steve thank you i appreciate it never rebounded by the way uh, we're gonna kill off the rest of covid here in texas Because down here tomorrow in Texas, folks, it's going to be 104 degrees. Hot enough to fry eggs on the sidewalk. I think that's hot enough to kill any COVID that's left over. Now, if we could just invent a way to get rid of idiots with heat, that would be an accomplishment. Steve, again, thanks. Folks, thank you for being here today. Back with you tomorrow with another edition of the National Intel Report. We'll see you then.
9: The Republic Broadcasting Network late night premiere show Red Pill Hardcore is hosted by activists that want to hear from you. The listeners, so that you can get involved in the activism, please call in at 800-313-9443 at 10 p.m. to enter the discussion. To book yourself as a guest, call our studio at 202-657-5715 or contact RBN staff.
6: Remember, keep it real and take the red pill listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth